A brief message from your friendly neighborhood editing Jordan. We tend to try to keep things pretty PG-13 around here, but this is an improv podcast. So who knows what we're going to say. Sometimes we throw in some swearing, some sexual content, and some violence. So as a general warning, viewer discretion is advised. Also to be noted, the opinions stated about a certain tabletop role-playing game are just that, our opinions. We love the game and we like talking about it. So any criticisms are really just all in good fun. That being said, wizards, please hire us. All right, with that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Ooh, oh sounded God. like Taryn. Have you guys Wait, seen the new FNAF it. movie trailer? <laughs> yes, I, have. I have heard the FNAF movie trailer. I just heard the lady for the first time. Whoa! I know, right? What the that's, heck? That's Vanessa from Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. But yes, I have seen the FNAF trailer. I've been this entire time. <laughs> I'm so excited for it's Shaggy to be William Afton. I'm so excited so for nice. Matthew Afton. I mean, yeah. William Lillard. I mean, yeah. cool guy. <laughs> I, I saw someone comment immediately, why isn't he purple? <laughs> <laughs> I immediately saw an edit of just him purple. <laughs> and someone underneath him was like, idiot, he's not purple yet. He's not supposed to be oh purple yet. Listen, really don't know your lore. <laughs> I like game theory, but Matt Pat made an hour long game theory, a GT live. I saw that. Game theory about... and its consequences have been a disaster for the FNAF fan base. <laughs> it was a less than a minute long trailer, and he made an hour video. Actually, not though. <laughs> Actually, the opposite of that. Game theory and its consequences have been amazing for the FNAF fan base. I <laughs> think. Oh it's yeah, him both. and Markiplier carried FNAF. I think it's like one of the main reasons why everyone knows about FNAF is because of the joke of like Matt Pat never getting never getting away from FNAF, even though yeah. he said like a million times he's done with it. He solved it, solving yeah. FNAF. FNAF finally solved. Oh. I can't make fun of it because I've watched every single one of those videos. I have Two, not thrice. <laughs> Two different, no, three different. Okay, so I watched them all when they came out. And then once I was like, I forgot a lot of the lore. I should watch it again. And then mm -hmm. one time, like six months after that time, I was like, you know what? For funsies, I'm going to do it again. Game theory, which U.S. president is an epic gamer? Quit. Quit. What is he on? This is not becoming the game theory episode. Oh, my God. Can we get Matt Pat on the podcast? Oh, Easily. <laughs> Quite simple, <laughs> in fact. Please. <laughs> Jordan, just for you, I think we can reveal now, Pertusa, that we actually already have Matt Pat on today. No, no, we don't. We don't have Matt Pat. We you see Levi and I are actually Matt Pat in a trench coat yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> or when you put us in a trench coat, we become Matt. Pat? We become know. Matt Pat. We, <laughs> we fusion ha and become Matt Pat. What I'm in lost. the Steven Universe. Last, Why do you yeah, think Producer and me. I never like come into close proximity with each other whenever we're in the same room? It's because you'll slowly just start hearing the game theory theme in the background. <laughs> oh, I thought as... it was because Pertuzid is always next to Dylan. Well, you remember how he said he's becoming it's the singularity obvious. earlier? Well, actually, <laughs> what he meant was that he was getting in closer proximity to me, and the universe was trying to force us together to become MatPat through a gravitational link. Hey everybody, welcome to the Nat One Podcast, aka Nope, because nope, you're not gonna wanna hear what we're about to have to say. I'm Pertusa. I'm Levi. And I'm Jordan. So is that a yes or a no on getting game theory on the podcast? Hello, internet, and welcome <laughs> to Nat One Podcast. What? <laughs> I had something I was going to talk about the FNAF trailer, like, what feels like an hour ago. <laughs> you had an act actual thoughts about it instead of whatever that was? Just, like, one single sentence, but it's buried <laughs> beneath nonsense now. Or, 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 or. Oh my God. That, that, that added, like, several layers atop <laughs> the, the sentence, yeah, I kept thinking that, like... <laughs> It's not even, that has nothing to do with what this episode was, what we were talking about it being about. No. I want to hear your sentence, though, if you can unearth I, it from the I, layers of chaos. Uh-uh. Very gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm searching my mind palace. But my mind palace is more like a mind dumpster, currently. And not always. Horror, always. Horror, horror, horror. 
no no that doesn't i just kind of like yeah no that's like that's like scooping a pile of dirt and throwing it back onto the thing you're trying to dig up <gasps> that's that's how gardening works uh no technically yeah yeah um layers kind of information <laughs> does it's... that have any videos on gardening yes yes you do that and you to explain please we'll do it just ask him so we've we've already come back from the intro at this point oh okay <laughs> oh definitely yeah no i figured i'm just going <laughs> <laughs> we're doing great guys yeah i hear five voices in my head and they're all jordan and levi Is it is it all this is it all the same us or are there different variations? Does like nope. one of me have like an accent and the other one's That's just what I, I'm wondering if it's Levi NPC voices. Nope. It would be funny if it was just like me with a really bad accent that like wasn't <laughs> but just so that your brain differentiated it. That that would be amusing to me. Nope. Now it's, I'm gonna do that with you, but it's gonna it's, be you in my head. You are going to implant yourself with a problem. <laughs> I'm telling you now. What were we talking about this episode? I forget. I've also forgotten. Oh, uh, great! I think it had something to do with music. No, no that's the ne that's next week. That's next this week. One, <laughs> no, this one. We're talking about D and D stereotypes. Oh, oh that's okay. right. <laughs> This is what happens when we hit record and Levi's brain says, talk about the FNAF trailer now. <laughs> this is... <laughs> no, wait. Now, it's now. It's relevant. It's relevant. You know it's not. You... <laughs> I, I really feel like rogues should stop embodying uh, Freddy Fazbear as much no. as they do. That's a uh, short st stereotype since second edition, frankly. <laughs> When am I gonna get William the when am I gonna get the William Afton patron for my warlocks? Hold up. First off, he's not an artificer. All right. Are we gonna go there? Are we gonna go there? I wasn't serious, but sure, he let's should go clearly there. I'll be a warlock hill. patron. <laughs> after after he becomes spring trap. Actually, at that point, he's a lich, but still, that as also a warlock patron. Yeah. Yeah. When he becomes spring trap warlock patron, but before artificer. I don't think so. I think he's a wizard. Nah. Yeah. Now I want to do a character that's just Michael Afton and his whole story is just the no. FNAF lore, but like ve veil it behind the fact that it's not FNAF. Michael but be sucks. Like... <laughs> <laughs> is that you the should... fight of 87? You should do like Henry Emily. Yeah, because that's not but been then, done before. But then I can. But then I. But if I do Michael, I can do the like father son story and have the lich be my father. That's the whole. That was the shtick I was going for there. Oh, you're so original. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know where to start here. This just so, becomes the FNAF episode. <laughs> it's 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 a. Uh, this will be a timeless episode. Um. <laughs> But after just a phenomenon. So, like, in D&D, in the community, it's safe to say there are some stereotypes, some of which is enforced by the community or, or reinforced, sometimes enforced. Um, some of it are just new people trying to do what they think they should. Uh, eh, sometimes DMs trying to do so. It's just, there, there are stereotypes that have, propped up and in some way that's amazing because somehow independently we've all decided what these classes should feel like it's almost like tf2 and all the different characters in that yeah despite just being a vehicle for the player they've developed personalities right but at the same time they're insanely grating <laughs> <laughs> what well, you don't love horny bard jokes i'm tired of it <laughs> i'm i'm tired of the things that are tired of the horny bard jokes <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm three layers deep. This is the bad place, man. You don't <laughs> like funny bard who has sex with everything? And not just the bard stuff. I'm tired of all the class of stereotypes. So... And not just the bards, but the women and the children. <laughs> Those are playable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Classes, classes, I mean, <laughs> playable classes. Uh, uh, what happens uh, when you reach level 20 child? Oh, that's you an become excellent a commoner, question. an adult commoner. I was going to say, then you unlock teenager. Oh. See, I was thinking possessed animatronic. But <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm in trouble. <laughs> level 20 ability. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't know where to start first. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. What's your What's your guys' least favorite class bard. stereotype? Uh, yeah, well, horny bard. Horny bard. bard yeah, horny favorite. bard annoys me. So, are we talking like the jokes that annoy you, or are we talking in play? Both. Both. <laughs> Honestly, I would say because I've never had to deal with it, I I don't really know if in play would actually upset oh, me. Oh no, we had to. Do you not remember the reason your big bad was born, Levi? He okay, but he wasn't a bard. He was a random person. Like he didn't use any of his bard abilities. He never did. He was just a horny human. Like he was a horny human that happened to have a guitar. Yes. Because <laughs> that was also when I mean we've mentioned this several times on the podcast. That was when we didn't play with rules. Yeah. So like. We really had the two ends of the spectrum. We had the the bard that only used magic and forgot weapons exist, and then the bard that forgot they could do magic and only hit shit. <laughs> now, this is important, though, for a listener. They they hear that, and they're going to be like, well, it sounds to me like you have a horny bard with extra steps. <laughs> so I'm curious. What's the line? What's the difference between the character we're talking about and a horny bard? The horny bard's whole thing is they like they play into the bardness of being horny and they're like, oh, I'm a performer and I, you know, I use my schmooze and my charisma to, to egg people up and make them feel good about themselves. And that's how I get in their pants, stuff like that. That's oh. how at least that's my interpretation of it. Or the charm spells. Or the or the charm spell, which is yeah. the worst route. <laughs> it's that, that's the worst route. That's pretty. I was horrible, gonna say that's yeah. that's an even that's a whole other can of worms. That's uh, <laughs> that. that We've all read the D and D horror stories. We know there yeah. are people that play like that. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Horror stories. We've read them. <laughs> um, Go check out those episodes. They are good episodes. They are good episodes. We, we love you, Gogglewar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I would say that that player that we're talking about, he was just, he wasn't using schmooze or anything. He was just no. being horny. <laughs> he was just like the equivalent of in real life, just walking up to someone and being like, let's have sex. Like, And well, it ended okay. up having major world changes. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's Commander Shepard, dude. It's a, <laughs> well, bang, okay. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite shop on the Citadel. <laughs> I love Mass Effect. Um, They're coming out with a new one of those. I'm just like... With the other group, didn't have a horny bard. Didn't have a horny paladin. (laughs) And sometimes it was really funny. Because it was like, what? That's not how that works. But then it was like, oh, now we're spending like an hour of real time to not describe the sexual exploits, but rather they go to a tavern. They have to (laughs) seduce. Then there's the conversation. They pick a different one. Now they go back. Now do they make a home run? You know, like, then they have to go find the party after their one night stand. That's like an hour or two of real time for them to have have his eggs. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) After one time. I'm tired, boss. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's just the case for like no matter what class you are. I just think I just it... think horniness in general as as a as a trait is just it's like eh like I'm not going to I'm not going to kill you if you want to be a character that has a high sex drive. Sure that people like that exist in real life. Yeah, sure. But I feel like most people also feel the same way about those people in real life. <laughs> yeah, true. See, uh, yeah. Which is, is just like, oh, wow, you're exhausting. And <laughs> it is awful to hang around a guy that's like currently trying to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're awful company. I imagine yeah. it's similar to be a woman in company of a woman that's seeking that. Uh, to some degree, yeah. It's just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And then you find so, out yeah. an artificer, and it's like, whoa! Yeah. No. <laughs> well, now, now, wait, hold on a second. If they're an artificer, I completely flip my entire opinion. No. <laughs> I do think it'd be a really funny twist on the trope. Uh, everyone at home, take notes. I know that after what you've heard so far, you take our opinion very seriously. Yes, precisely. Um, it'd be really funny to flip the trope on its head a bit in the sense that you have someone who is very horny. However... They have zero charisma, yes. either either because of their actual inability or because you, as the player, purposefully shooting it down. Johnny Bravo. Kind of. It'd be just really funny for them to just always be like, man, I want to get a girlfriend. And then some other person, they're probably being like, then try it. And they're like, oh, no, I could never. Like, <laughs> I think that'd be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, horniness is a uh, undesirable D&D stereotype trait, I think, is what we're getting out here. It can be... Well, no. I'm I'm just going to wipe that lie out of my mouth before I say it. <laughs> I was going to say it can be done tastefully, but I don't even think it can be. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say tastefully. I think it can be funny as a one-off thing once or twice, but if that's your only character trait, then it gets annoying for the rest of the players at the table. See, that's the thing, is yeah. I was going to bring up... Okay. <laughs> this is kind of another this is kind of another annoying D oh, thing gosh. I think oh, he's is, is the uh fallback on on using critical role as an example for everything in the D community. But Scanlon. <laughs> which isn't to say that critical role is bad because they're great no, and they do no. great characters. It's just D D community has kind of an obsession with them. Mm. Uh us included, we're not not included True. in that list. We're part of the problem. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, I was going to bring up Scanlan, but then Jordan, you just spoke to my point, which is why I was like, wait, no, I'm completely wrong because that wasn't Scanlan's only character trait. That's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Is That's what he's most remembered for. Yeah, that's what he's most remembered for uh, outside of it. But I think people who watched Campaign 1, uh, the reason they like Scanlan is because he did many things that were like, whoa, he's like actually kind of a soft, mm -hmm. softy person and likes people and isn't just a horny bard. Wow. <laughs> and I think that's why I liked him more in this most recent season of The Legend of Vox Machina, because we got more of that. As someone who has not watched all of Campaign 1, mm -hmm. there was a little bit more of like, oh, he's actually a person, not just a horn dog. <laughs> what mm -hmm. Sam Ringel did was when he chose, you know how you can like choose flaws for your character, that the horniness was a flaw. It wasn't, a, <laughs> it was, he made it a bad <laughs> thing. And it's true. So yeah, take example from that, uh, people at home. Who would have thunk? All you need to do to make an unlikable trait something that works in a D and D collective game like that is uh, add complexity. <laughs> <laughs> add literally like one or two more dimensions. You're good. Like I do it. Because Whoa! Make I'm a character lonely. with two dimensions. What are you talking about, man? I know, right? Unheard of. Risk of rain one. <laughs> um, you do that. Or I'm thinking like a warlock that's horny. The reason they're horny, patrons making them. They don't True, want that's to be a, horny. That's a that's a good trope. I think. Well, not trope, but that's a like. I, I I like that. I like that. That made me think of the opposite because I'm currently watching Fantasy High, and there's a warlock that gets killed, and part of his pact is he canonically cannot have sex as part of his pact because his patron thought it would be funny. Also funny. There you go. Johnny spells does not fuck. Where, oh, there's a comic strip that I strip that I have seen, which is really funny, and I don't remember who the artist is that did it, but it's basically like two warlocks about to both go into battle. One's a fiend, and one is a great old one. And the fiend one summons the fiend, and it's like this disgusting devil creature. Er, oh, wait, no, it's it's reversed. It's reversed. The great old one is like a disgusting eldritch abomination creature, That's and the like fiend is like an extremely hot devil woman. Who is like, babe, we have to have sex first before I can give you any powers. And he's like, we'll do it after. Shut <laughs> up. And then it pans back over to the, the gray old one. And the guy and the great old one goes, you know, if you wanted to, I could. And then the guy's like, do not say anything. Dude. I will answer that for you. I'm almost certain that comic was by Baal Buddy. Was it? I feel like that guy's funny. And he's known for making very hot women in his comics. I don't know why he does it. But they're funny! 
He's also known for making the comic about uh, two paladins that are completely unfazed by a succubus and she starts to cry because of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, Balba. I don't think it was Balbuddy that made this one because I think it was a different art style, but he does very, <gasps> sim he does very similar skits to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's really funny about Balbuddy is he started as an R18 artist and then his non-R18 stuff was so popular that he stopped. That's so wholesome. Yeah, when he started doing the the memes, he became much more popular, so he just stopped doing R18 stuff. <laughs> he did it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one stereotype for you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's my least favorite, though. I don't know who would go to, but I gotta pick it according to a class. I think my least favorite stereotype for sure is probably gotta be holier than thou art paladin mm -hmm. yeah. to the point of i will get in the way of the party objectives mm. Mm. i feel like cleric gets that a little bit too but definitely not as much as paladin almost certainly not because like mm -hmm. there's so much variety to cleric that you don't have to be a goody two-shoes unless you're life domain order domain and that's mm -hmm. about it the rest of them there's a lot of room of wiggle Almost every paladin subclass in some way or other relates to being a good guy, unless it's Oath of the Open Sea, mm -hmm. Oath of Vengeance, or Oath Breaker, or Oath of the Crown. But the other, like, six, you're going to be a good guy. Oh, yeah. At least if you're playing them by the Oath. So... Yeah, because you definitely have to call the town guard on your entire party. That's fun for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> Or, no, I will not let you steal, even if it is to further our goals. You cannot go steal the thing we're seeking. Why not? We must go in there and politely ask for it. What if they try to kill us? Then it'll be our fate. That was a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next campaign. Like, oh, it's really annoying. If someone if someone commits to that, it's so annoying. And it's so bad for the table, too. Like, Horny Bard might be a little bad for the table, because mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, we have to sit through another one of these. But that one's straight up game ruining. Truly detrimental, yeah. And the like paladin player is gonna be like, it's what my player or it's what my character would do, it's what my character would do. So they also are it's ironic because they resemble their own paladin, right? They have <laughs> the same like character than thou art. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so they're like like and then there, it becomes a whole thing. I'm sure like if anyone's listening right now and they've gone through something like this, they're like, absolutely, uh my ex friend is in this picture right now. Um <laughs> Because, like, this sentence, this has happened like almost every new D&D group, I feel like, where there's been one player that did exactly something like that that was just opposite to the party. And then the whole group blew up because of it. Not only the D&D group, but the friend group blew mm -hmm. up because of it. Because one person thought they were in the right. And then it had probably devolved to being like, dude, you're being an annoyance. And they're like, it's just a game. Why are you going to be so serious? And then the whole thing fractures. Oh, my gosh. I don't like those types of people. I don't know. I feel like that could be a good starting point for a character, but I definitely don't think it's a good thing in the long term. Like, like maybe you start with your paladin as very like, you could play it as like naive of like, yes, this is how the world works. It's very black and white. And then you grow from that, you know, character development, character arcs, like you're supposed to do. What? <laughs> Can you imagine having a character different from level one at like level 18? They don't ever get that far. They blow up at two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think back to my one attempt in the campaign that shall not be mentioned by Levi. Huh? Um, and, and the whole thing about them and why they were such a goody two shoes is because they had witnessed such atrocities that they had come to the conclusion that the only way they can atone for the things they've paid witness to, they've been a, a what's that called, a bystander to, mm -hmm. is they were like, well, I have to do good all the time, because if I'm not, I will surely face karmic retribution. That was never on Earth because that campaign blew up, not because of a person, <laughs> but because of two D100 rolls. But, <laughs> nevertheless... I liked. I liked. Oh, I did. Did you not realize what no. he was talking about? No, I did not. I. I love my character, good cop. 
R.I.P. Oh. That that was their name, by the way, in the comments. Good cop, first last, yeah. Um, first first last was their middle name, though. But yeah, just again, who would have thought? Add a few more dimensions. Add a reason why or something. Just <laughs> and don't let your reason be because. <laughs> this is just becoming the episode of how not to build a shitty D and D character. No. I want These to are the things not to do. <laughs> This might not be super entertaining at some points for the people, but in case there's anyone out there that's listening that doesn't know this stuff, I want you to know, okay? This is, ta- I like, I care about you, okay? You listening? I want your well-being. I want you to grow and learn. So I'm telling you what I've learned so you can be better, okay? I'll go off, you little scamp. Actually, no, stay for the rest of the video. Yeah, we, we've but, still got another couple minutes. <laughs> but, but then you can get out of here, you little scamp. I'm probably talking to someone that's 40 years old. Anyway. Uh, or it's just Taryn. No, he doesn't watch our videos. That's uh, <laughs> Next up, give me another one. Uh, edgy Rogue. Oh, yeah. Eh. Honestly, I think that's one of the most inoffensive. It doesn't really do anything. I just think that it's funny that it keeps... Like, like it's, it's the stereotype. So I think it's funny that it's become the stereotype. Yeah. If anyone ever thinks that they have a funny, edgy, rogue joke to make that's not meta, I'm going to tell you now, you're wrong. <laughs> and you're not just wrong, you're stupid, and you're ugly. <laughs> now get out of here, you little scamp. No. <laughs> just like your mother. <laughs> it's just like the horny bard. Edgy, rogue joke's not funny. They're not <laughs> funny anymore. They stopped being funny probably like after the third one you ever heard. Whatever well, that it- was for you. I think it's kind of funny that rogues get all the crap for being edgy because I mean we we all know our fair share of edgy rogues but any D&D character backstory I feel like you can't have a happy childhood and then go try to slay a god or like whatever your campaign is like I I feel like there has to be some kind of life-changing moment at some point in your backstory that makes you be like yes I'm going to be an adventurer so, like, we're all guilty of putting some fair share of trauma into our D&D characters. It's not just the rogues. It would be exceptionally difficult, and even if accomplished, I feel like it wouldn't be particularly interesting to have a character with no negative things happen in their life mm-hmm. as far as nothing. If the worst thing that ever happened to them is that, like, they were outside and it started raining or they slipped on a <laughs> banana peel, like... Your character's probably not that interesting. And if your DM told you that they were super interesting, I'm sorry they lied to you. <laughs> um, I'm popping off. I did not get much sleep last night. Uh, all no, you're right, and you oh. should say it. <laughs> uh, I'm going, yes! Anyway. We have 300 subscribers now. We're big enough to start yeah. saying hot takes. <laughs> Nothing ever stopped me before. <laughs> but like, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, Edgy Rogue's obviously a thing, and people have pretty much universally decided, not only universally decided, but it has been straight up experienced, at least we have, and like, if you just like look at playgroups, the rogues mm-hmm. really do be the edgy ones more than almost any other class, not just in backstory, but in play, I think that's yeah. where the problem comes. Yep. They, for some reason, they do seem to be like the most that have orphans, they're, they're the orphans, <laughs> or maybe they just draw the most attention to it it's hard right we're starting to get into like biases like yeah. it's like we notice it more or something even though it's like equivalently uh, distributed amongst the classes or something because mm. i feel like almost every D character i've almost known has had either no parents one parent or a single parent and then it gets weird mm-hmm. um and I, I don't mean like a single parent i mean like like mitosis kind of thing <laughs> um <laughs> but I don't know. Edgy, I mean, it's the play, I think, is the big thing. It's like, they, they go into it, they go against the grain of working with a group. They steal from the party, they leave the party alone, combo that with a DM that doesn't want to, you know, be a, a bad DM, so they never punish the rogue for being alone. Mm-hmm. And the rogue gets all this power or feels like they're invincible and they can do whatever they want. Boom, bang, Bob's your uncle. You have a very annoying situation at the table, hence the stereotype. But technically, that can happen with any class. 
any class that can sneak off. Honestly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often with something else that knows the spell invisible because guess what? Rogues don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so good that they can be invisible. I, I honestly feel like edgy ranger fits better sometimes. Like, like even though that's not the stereotype, it would make more sense for the class for them to be the the edgy loners and yeah. I don't need anybody but trees and all like that kind of stuff. You know, it almost begs the question, do you think that the rogue simply existing attracts the kind of people that want to be edgy rogues? Honestly, probably. Like, they <laughs> they see they, they, they're going to, for the first time ever, play D&D, &D, or maybe not, in which case, how are you doing it a second time? But um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to play D&D, &D, and you're like, I want to play a character that has nothing to do with the party, is actively going against them and causing problems for them, and does everything by themselves with no help whatsoever from anyone, except for perhaps NPCs exclusively. Rogue. <laughs> it, it feels like they're like, that's that's just where they go for some reason. Maybe they, I guess they think of like the sneak skill and expertise, but invisibility would be better. I guess you just, you can't get that at level one with most, you have to get like, wait till level three or something to get that. I'm also, even... I'm also thinking about the, now I'm thinking about the player's handbook entry because it just popped into my mind when you were saying, does it attract those kind of people? Because what <laughs> I I was thinking that there was some kind of sentence in there, like the, one of the first things is like a human cloaked in shadow or something. And we all know the picture is super edgy. Mm -hmm. and so I've just pulled it up. It, it, the, one of the first sentences, a human lurks in the shadows of an alley while his accomplice prepares for her part in the ambush. So the player's handbook sets it up. <laughs> Oh, and you know, for one of the first times ever when talking about D&D, &D, I have no blame whatsoever for Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> or Gary Gygax. This is actually just people. <laughs> there are some rogues that are fantastic. I love some great rogues. And then people get a hold of them. <laughs> or they make their own, and it's, it's, it's this stuff. It's <laughs> but, all in all, if you have a good DM, and even if you don't, I don't think it's nearly as bad as the others. It's it's more like just like a weirdo guy, right? It's like having one weird person in the friend group where it's like, yeah, he just kind of does his own thing. But... You know, that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say TJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But, well, no. <laughs> um, even in the Walmart group, the rogue is super orphan like not even orphan but like they were straight up tried like their uh, parents tried to kill them oh so like uh, a second degree of orphanage there i don't know what you call that but forced orphanage yeah <laughs> isn't most orphanage forced not necessarily no, no. no accidental death yeah like your parents could have been killed by something still not willing like yeah, but it's okay. Well, is anyone okay. willing? Yeah, like okay. I, oh, I no, see what people that are willing. I no. see what you mean by that, but that's not okay. I understand why you said that now. I <laughs> I feel like no one is usually willingly an orphan. There's some kind of force in there. Hmm. Forced into orphanism. I was I was meaning more so the parents were doing the forcing, but I understand that you yeah. mean just in general the universe doing the forcing. Yeah. Uh, Isn't there someone you forgot to ask? Um Gary Gygax! <laughs> but at the same time, the big difference is with the other group, the rogue doesn't run off alone all the time. Mm. What a novel concept. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. That doesn't seem like something that would be are very viable sure to play. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad, though, because if you listen to this podcast long enough, and you guys know for sure my thoughts on the rogue in general, they feel so neutered compared to what their allies can do. Because mm. if they aren't running off by themselves and using that sneak skill, they literally go into combat to get downed in three rounds <laughs> and then wait to get revived, basically. Or they don't talk at all. Because the others have, like, a spell that can bypass all the social stuff. Gosh, Pertuzzi, you're making me so excited to play Vivia 3. <laughs> you're welcome. I played Vivia 2, so I, I, no, what's the, I saw really funny. 
uh, Victor walked so that Ren can stumble on a, on their own feet and fall <laughs> on their nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I... <laughs> I forgot what the original comparison was, but it was. I like love it. What? <laughs> oh, I can't remember the original. Was, just but... bypass the edgy rogue stereotype and make the most flamboyant attention whore that you can, and that's, that's the rogue. <laughs> that's just called playing a swashbuckler. That, yep. That's... <laughs> yes, it is. It's what that subclass was made for, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> all right so next stereotype next um uh flower child druid i like that one <laughs> i feel like it doesn't get seen very much but i also uh, think that's just because druid doesn't get played very much yeah i, I feel like it's a stereotype but it's not as visible like for some reason it's a stereotype even though people just don't play druids <laughs> People don't play Druid because Druid's going through a freaking identity crisis. Yeah. Oh. Druid, Druid has been not very good since the beginning of 5e and it has continued to not be very... Mechanically, it has continued to not be very good moving into 1D&D as well. So... I, I saw a good comparison on a post talking about the new 1D&D stuff and someone said that Druid is the worst parts of a shaman caster and a shapeshifter class merged <laughs> into one. Therefore, no one wants to play it. Yeah, there's not a true identity. It says it is on the tin, but then you get in, and it's just um, oh, what's the what's the joke with the guy Michael something? Uh, oil. I forget what he said. It's oh, like, oh, oh, oh! This tin is full of oil. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> pin. 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 Peach syrup. Yeah, pin Michael. Uh, oh God, I know so many Michaels. I can't remember Rosen. His last yeah, name's Rosen. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. one of my professor's names from college because <laughs> his name's Michael, and I was like, "That's someone I know in real life." Yeah, uh, yeah. When I'm the when I'm the uh, tinned, tinned peach, syrup. peach syrup, Michael, don't leave me here, Michael. This tin is full of oil. I brought it back to FNAF. Uh, Thick cooking oil. So yeah, that's uh, that's why I feel like there's not there's not enough memes about Druid because the actual playstyle of Druid does not match with what people want. Therefore, to make a stereotype of it is not possible because it already doesn't even have its own identity to be stereotyped. I know we've harped on it several times in in videos on this channel, but they really should just double down on the shapeshifter side of Druid and make that yeah. Druid, Druid's thing because we that's, don't need another caster. That's what's unique about Druid. That's what makes it cool. Flesh that out. Make it cooler. Make it better. Make it stronger. And that's what let, people want. Let Druids be like magically infused nature tanks and DPS instead yes. of another healer, like a worse healer class like, than Cleric. The only people that want druids to cast super high levels and stuff are like min max people. They mm. like everyone wants druids to be the shapeshifters. I mean, you watch the movie; everyone was yeah. like, "That's so cool!" She turned into that owl bear several times, or all the animals several times. Mm -hmm. That would never be possible. No, and in the game, going back more to the stereotype thing, I think that would be a cooler way of doing the flower child stereotype because it's like, oh. Peace, love, nature. I'm a giant fucking bear. <laughs> Nature's yeah. fucking violent. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> instead of instead of black bear, which is like the biggest bear you can become, let them become mm -hmm. a fucking like gargantuan monstrous polar bear or something King like Kong. like that one from uh, Dang. Uh, we we don't call it what it's called. What's it called? To your eternity. I was gonna say. Oh, pink blood. Blood. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say cocaine bear. No, Jordan, uh, you've never seen To Your Eternity, but I'll send like a picture or a GIF mm -hmm. or something of it to the Discord so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, it's yeah, it's just really big bear, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Drew was just kind of nerfed. That was my one because whenever we were coming up with characters for Olympus, Arlo was almost a druid, but I was disappointed because I could not be as violent as I wanted to be <laughs> as a druid, so she became a cleric. Well, yeah, see, with the rogue and the edgy rogue stereotype, it's because they have expertise at level one or two. I could be wrong there. But very early on. Thus, their sneak is going to be better than almost any other class possibly can 
Thus, they can do the edgy rogue stuff like steal from the party, Mm -hmm. sneak away, and do all the stuff people don't like. We look at the horny bards, same thing. They get expertise and and, uh, half per... per, 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 Persuasion performance? Proficiency. Proficiency. (laughs) They they get the proficiencies early, as well as spell casting that helps with that, such as the Mm -hmm. spell friends and stuff like that. Um... So they can enforce the horny bar stereotype by using like roll persuasion to, you know, get with the barmaid. Oh, I rolled a 10, so that's going to be a 25. I'm level two, by the way. Like, they can do that. The druid does not have the tools to enforce the stereotype. Other, It's it's like the, the paladin as well is based solely on the player forcing that mm-hmm. personality. Same for the druid. But the druids is not harmful, and it kind of starts and stops at the same place. It's I like toys, <laughs> which is not harmful to anyone. It's not good for anyone. It's just kind of there, <laughs> just like the druid. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me something happier, please. Give me something I'll like. What haven't we touched yet? Uh. The asshole uh, sorcerer. <laughs> is that a stereotype for sorcerer? I've seen that a little bit on the interwebs of like the uh, the sorcerer being kind of like the spoiled rich asshole. Yeah, because the thing is like, oh, the wizard like had to go to school to get their magic and the mm. warlock had to make like a really dangerous pact and but the sorcerer just, just gets it. it. Yeah. They were just born with it. They just have magic. Like the equivalent of like they were born into money. And with the charisma, for some reason, that swings around the other way from the bard, where it's like hyper horny, it becomes you're just kind of a prick. I just, man, if that's <laughs> the case, people just need to like be better at doing things. <laughs> just play D&D better. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like if the extent of your interest is like... uh my character learned magic or didn't learn magic therefore they're gonna have a superiority complex <laughs> yeah basic visit from 2018 i've been re-binging good place so you I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so it's like come on man it's a lot more interesting if you go i don't know how i got these powers it will it become a tried and true trope later on sure mm. But with that, there's direction. There's different ways you can take that. Of I don't know how I got these powers. They're freaking sweet. I don't know how I got these powers. I am scared. I don't know how I got these powers. I'm horny. There's so many different <laughs> the ways. Trifecta. Yeah. The <laughs> triad. <laughs> um. Oh, hey guys, it happened by the way. I know. I see him right what? now. He's on my second monitor. Oh. <laughs> but. Um. Is it, yeah, like, do something else. If you're going to do a superiority complex thing, I, I refer you to our bard comments earlier. Make a reason for it. They have a superiority complex, not because they didn't have to learn their magic. That might be what they vocalize. But they have a, superior, a superiority complex because deep inside, they're insanely self-critical. Mm. Ask the sorcerer how their relationship with their father is. Boom. <laughs> tears. There you go. <laughs> And I strongly urge you, all of you that are listening to this stuff of like, I want to do this nuanced thing we're talking about. As nuanced as I say it is. <laughs> um, be careful how nuanced you get, because it could be that no one even knows what you're trying to do because you're yep. you're keeping it so close to your chest. Yeah. That, no getting that. That <laughs> is a stereotype in and of itself, not of a class, but of just like a type of D&D player in general. Mm. Which is just like the guy that overdoes it pretty much. The guy or underdoes like... it and never has any of their backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A character, a player that's like, oh, you guys couldn't tell quite obviously my character was acting so aloof to you all because they were scared of the threat that was looming over top of them while simultaneously trying to protect all of you. <laughs> yeah. Like the campaign started and was over and no one ever knew that because they never even tried to hint towards it or the th- the hint they thought was obvious was them saying nothing I'm fine once yep. you gotta give a little if you want it to work give a little to get a little <laughs> exactly it's part of but... that suspension of disbelief like yes you would like it to come up naturally and have somebody discover your backstory Completely organically, but we're all playing and we all have our own backstories. That's not entirely going to happen. You kind of have to (laughs) 
Oh, unless, I'm so upset about my dead parents. Somebody asked me about it. <laughs> I simply mm -hmm. force myself, shoehorn myself into every other character's backstory. Oh, no. Then they oh, have to acknowledge me. You're the one that killed everybody's parents. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm getting flashbacks, except for not parents. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what else? Well, I mean, we have a couple other classes, but I don't think they... I think the big stereotypes are like the rogue, the mm -hmm. paladin, um, the bard. So we've covered those. I mean, what, what else haven't we touched? We could like stupid barbarian, stupid dumb barbarian. How do we that feel about that? That fun, and I will hold on to that. You can pry that from my cold dead hands. <laughs> this goes back to our conversation way back when, when we taught, when we rated the the classes, and I don't think it's changed sadly, except for with one D and I like what one D and D did for mm. barbarians only, not not only, but <laughs> that's one of the few things. Yeah. Um. I think largely 5e barbarians are pigeonholed. They're stuck into being dumb barbarian. You can play it off as something else, but your option is literally dumb barbarian or purposefully not dumb barbarian. Those are the two ways you can do it. Yes. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> and if you're typing right now, nah, I have the third way. They're totally not dumb, but they're also dumb. <laughs> Look what you did to yourself. <laughs> You've just My... gone through two different pigeonholes. My poor child over here, my little scamp that sh should have uh, gone away, is now tied into a Gordian knot. <laughs> and somehow I've created a horror story. <laughs> oh, look, I've gone cross-eyed. But that is influenced because of mechanics. Because what barbarian is going to use int as a main stat? You need strength. You need dex. You need con. Mm -hmm. and then int gives actually nothing in 5e by design there's no skills for int <laughs> there's like a few there's like two or three skills skills aside though dex influences armor class con influences hp uh wisdom saving throws and charisma saving or wisdom saving throws are huge charisma skill checks are huge intelligence does nothing mm -hmm. you get nothing from it it doesn't increase your ac it doesn't increase your hp it doesn't influence your proficiency or your or a few skills it's no barbarian's going to get it unless they purposely do it in which case they're going to be a little bit less effective perhaps very less effective depending on what they had to sacrifice for it and then congrats you have a person that runs into battle using a reckless attack and a rage but they can read all of homer <laughs> You've done it. Congrats. What if I guess <laughs> they get their intelligence from like in world boosts? Like they get it from like the book that raises your intelligence mm -hmm. or items and stuff like that. Well, that's highly dependent, but it would be funny. <laughs> the campaign ends with the barbarian being the most intelligent one in the party. Uh, well, like and, how Olympus is going to end. You keep getting all of the intelligence <laughs> items and everyone's like, well, I don't really need more intelligence. We can give it to, to Greg because like, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of dumb. So it might help him a little bit at the end of the campaign. The barbarian has an 18 in intelligence. <laughs> I'm not even just talking about like stats. Like they're, oh, look, it's funny because they're smart now. I just imagine over the course of the campaign, their head keeps getting bigger and it becomes a minor <laughs> plot point <laughs> where like they wake up after an ASI and they're like, my head. <laughs> like yes. they look like Sheen from that one episode of Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> uh... Barbarians had barbarians were not meant to be this smart for a reason. <laughs> and this is how we all find out that Arlo has actually been the smartest member of the party this entire time. Oh, we, if it was that way, we'd find out pretty quickly. I think. <laughs> Arlo. <whoa. laughs> I don't know, she has a higher intelligence modifier than Zamda does. Yep. That's a low bar. <laughs> Paladins it's also. still true, though. <laughs> Paladins are mad as well. They need several stats, so why yes. would they ever choose Int? There are a few classes that are sad, single ability dependent. Mm. It's sad and it. Sad and mad. Have we talked about that term before? Have I told you guys about that? Yes. No. We have. I know what, yeah, I know what sad and mad means. Sad is single ability dependent. It just means that your character depends on a single ability, such mm -hmm. as dexterity. Mad is multiple ability dependent, meaning that your character, in order to function, 
needs like three or four stats to be high in order for them to be a good like in combat or at play character. Hmm. And that's a good term for you at home as well. Yep. <laughs> are you sad or are you mad? Paladins are mad. Barbarians are mad. Rogues are pretty sad. Um, that's warlocks. where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> warlocks are sad, but they can be mad if you play a Hexblade. Uh, wizards are pretty sad. Unless you play a blade person. I forget Singer. what it's called. Singer. I was going to say dancer. Um, no, Thanks, no, no. I lo- I'm looking at it. No. Uh, but yeah. I mean, what else do we have for all the stereotypes? Just just rattle them off. Don't talk about them. Just rattle off the stereotypes for each of the classes. I feel like you can put edgy in front of any uh, class and it is a stereotype. Again, going back to how everybody's D&D backstory is somewhat edgy. <laughs> Edgy proletarian. <laughs> that's that's not a what? I, <laughs> well, no, because like edgy paladin, you've had those as usually the oath breaker, edgy wizard, the necromancer, or the like tortured academic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you can have you can even have an edgy bard, edgy warlock, most definitely. Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking like, what is the stereotype? When you think of the character, what is the stereotype for each class? Just go down the list. For Bard, it's horny. Okay. For Paladin, it's holier than thou. Mm-hmm. Rogue's edgy. Yeah. Barbarian's stupid. Cleric uh-huh. mom it's... friend. True. No, I get yeah. that. Exactly. I've seen that a lot. We may not have played it like that a lot necessarily, but I've seen it. That's fair. I just I felt like there would have been something else that was I a don't tier think, higher. I don't think we've done that kind of cleric, but I, I feel like that is the Actually, most Actually, I take that back. You can't tell me that Atlas wasn't the mom friend just a little bit. <laughs> I I feel like it is Well, the Atlas most felt prevalent. like a bro friend. Uh, <laughs> cleric. Bro. Stereotype. Um, where was I? I don't know. You were just kind of going. Uh, blood hunter, edgy, but that's just because it's blood hunter. The literal class, dripping with edge. That's the entire (laughs) thing. Um, when your whole subclass is knives. Wizard nerd. Yeah, nerd. Socially unaware nerd. Yeah, yeah. Socially unaware nerd. I am a nerd. Um, keep going. <laughs> no, I don't know the rest of the song. I don't. No, I meant keep going with the classes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Loner I'm... Ranger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I give that. Like the so like was... Aragorn type. Mm, I was thinking useless Ranger, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the on the Ranger for me because I don't get that from D and D Ranger because I feel like D and D Ranger isn't very. Aragorn, ironically, I feel like Pathfinder Ranger is a lot more Aragorn. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are the other, what are the classes we haven't touched? Sorcerer, I feel like Sorcerer is just one that I feel like also similar to Druid is like it's just not played so much that even though I do feel like the asshole stereotype is the only one that fits it, I just feel like not a lot of people have played it. Mm-hmm. So like that, it's that's a very like. I don't really feel comfortable with that being the stereotype that I pick, but I feel like it's the only one that has been the most prevalent, so it's the only one that I can pick Poor for it. To uh, me, yeah, it's it's like again, the mechanics aren't there for it, so the the fancy the fantasy it fulfills it it doesn't fulfill it. Therefore, no fantasy, no stereotype to accompany it. It stops and starts at one point, if it ever even does. Yeah, and then Druid Flower Child for me, at least. Um, what else? Fighter. We didn't do a fighter. Basic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, they're probably not all. But if we're talking stereotypes, yeah, yeah. Sir, that's it's basic. Human fighter. John that's your human. first D character. Yep. yep. <laughs> Is that it? What else? What are the artificer? What's what are the artificers? I was thinking Mad Doctor. Qualis. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Mad Doctor too. <laughs> I. It's a good mm-hmm. one. It's. I mean, it's all it's got. <laughs> it hasn't been around long enough to get much else. And then Warlock, usually for me, what I think of, what I think Warlock is insane. Bottom. Oh. 
<laughs> I I genuinely, I genuinely went for just insane, but bottom. I mean, those two can be related. <laughs> if you're in the chat, if you're if you're listening, type below. Tell me <laughs> if I'm right or not. You know I'm right, by the way. But you have to use two specific phrases. You have to use so true bestie or so, so bad, untru- uh, so, no, untrue so untrue worsty. Why do we go with untrue rather than false? That still haunts me. You're the you one that came up with it. it. Yeah, <laughs> who did that, right? Like You're the one that came up with this. People so go to people hate on Subway, worsty. but my brother in Christ, you make the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Actually, I take I take mad scientist or mad doctor back from Artificer. Really? Yeah, I think of purple. Mad guy. sandwich professor, professor, professional. No, purple guy. <laughs> I think of purple. Oh, guy. purple guy. Came full circle. Good did job, you do guys. That just to, you did that just to make a FNAF reference, didn't you? I want half Artificer, half Warlock. It's or like poetry, it rhymes. Half artificer, half wizard. What is Springtrap? A warlock patron. I don't know what I was thinking. A Springtrap by any other behind. name would be just as sweet. <laughs> now I the curse and now I am blind. You ever think about how much he smelled in the third game? No! Yes. Yes. Like, why? Because he was a corpse rotting in a, like, in a fur suit. When you see a corpse, you're immediately like, "Mm, I wonder how that stinks. Well, no, not immediately, but, like, Snap's been around for a while, man. It crossed my mind a couple times a week. You have to think if it's it's a a body trapped, because also the, the stuff that the suit is made out of would also begin to rot and, like, mildew. And you just like, and they didn't I clean just, it. I no. just generally don't. My mind just doesn't go to stench because, like, it's still there. Like, he's he's got the remnants, so it's not completely decayed to the point of bone either. It can't. Uh, it won't even get that saving grace. No. That's why he yelled, "Michael, don't leave me here!" Is because he just stanky. He just wanted huh. a bath. Well, man. but no, think about how much scarier that would be. Of just like suddenly you smell something and you don't know where it's coming from, and then you die, like. True, but FNAF 3's jump scare was so dirty bad, man. <laughs> oh my god. And man just kind of said, I'm ready for my close-up. Like, oh my god. It would have been better if they added a smell. <laughs> now, 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 she's starting to go somewhere I'm not FNAF from. 4D. I... <laughs> She's getting into that, like, Shrek farting on you in the, in the theater sort of territory. <laughs> Jordan brings us. What is with 40... the will eye and the fart tech? What is <laughs> what's going on with you two? I'm, Why? I'm coming at it from a horror standpoint. I don't yeah, know. What, uh-huh. I don't know yeah. what Taryn yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I take sure. no ownership yeah. from my brother's madness. Maybe alchemist. What if you double dip into artificer? You can't... Can you do that? No, but like, I wish I made, you could. If I made a William Afton stat block, like, who's gonna stop me? You know what I mean? Oh no, the third chaos cache is getting revised as we it's speak. Be That's not a bad idea. That's no. Not... Oh no. The the horror is that because FNAF's lore never ends, you'll never get out. No. I'll just keep coming up with poorly put together plot holes that you make it where the story doesn't end. FNAF and you're like, all right, guys, so all we're doing is I'm just playing through all the games, and once I beat all of them, that's when you get out. <laughs> oh no, but I'm actually bad with those games. Like, like I'm scared. Of, I'm scared. We'll never get out. We're yeah. never gonna leave. Instead, what if uh, it's either that or you can watch through every single game theory FNAF theory at 0.25 speed, but it's everyone happens watching first. them. Yeah. So we're just like, what? <laughs> Who is this man? Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> we get rid of Zamda's madness, it immediately comes back. 1993. <laughs> I didn't know Nears could get that high. <laughs> what is oh. an animatronic? And that's when we find out a character is uh, colorblind and they say, what is purple? Hey. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. If you really like our content, make sure to like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications on YouTube, and look for us on Spotify. If you'd like to see us continuing to do more fun projects in the future, 
Consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find our page linked in the description above all of our other social media links. And finally, if you'd like to keep up with the zany shenanigans of our lives and check out some more skit-based content and things like that, check us out on Twitter and TikTok. Links in the description. And hey, thanks.